Yeah, you know, that's right. The sound of clanking glasses. That means it's time for another episode of Old Fashioned Workin' Whiskey. An episode brought to you by Olin Hyde, our chief engineer and lever pusher. How's it going, buddy? Uh, got lots of levers over here. You I'm do. You're pushing them all around. <laughs> pushing them every which way, turning them, fixed the mic before the show. Making it happen, man. Making it happen, yeah. And Jerry then, rigging a new stand set up for you so you I don't bring the microphone. Yeah, well, you know, I'll still try. I'll give it a shot. But And then uh, we're honored to have in studio with us our uh, friend and um, most loyal listener. I'm going to give him the title. <laughs> most loyal listener. He uh, he almost texts me or calls me after every episode and, and chats about it. And he's uh, supported us since day one. And that's Mr. Eric Seeley with the Seeley Sauce Company. Yeah. Welcome. I- How's it going? Thanks for having me. Oh man, we're excited to be in here having a having a beautiful old fashioned made with some whistle pig. It's yeah. the piggyback, age six years. It's one hundred percent rye, ninety six point five six proof. So a little lower than our some of the others we've had, but it's still gonna standard, be warm. I think our average is a little over a hundred is what we shoot for. So this one's a, a little under. So it's forty eight point two eight percent alcohol by volume, and uh, so it says our vision is to respect tradition, embrace progress, and bring friends together over the world's greatest rye whiskey. Dave Pickerell returned to our warehouse to realize his dreams of creating the best aged rye whiskey for your cocktail. rye for full spice flavors, aged six years for unprecedented complexity, and bottled at his ideal strength, stir or shake in good company. Here's the piggyback ride you all deserve, Dave Pickerel. Yeah, so we're excited. We're going to give her a shot here, and uh, let's see how these dirty old fashions are. Filthy. That's tasty. That is spicy. That's good. It smells really good too. It does. That that's leading a race right now, son. That's that's full of flavor. I mean, I get I get a lot of spice in that. That is. Mm-hmm. You get just a little bit of the cherries there. Just a little bit, but the spice is very prevalent. A lot, a lot of flavor to it. And it's, it's good, good on the tongue. It's it's not too bad going down. You know, sometimes. It yeah. can get a little hot, but it's not. I mean, there's warmth there, but it's not brutal. So, yeah, if you uh, if you guys want to find your local uh, liquor store and pick up a bottle of Whistle Pig Piggyback, it is delicious. Age six years. So we're uh, going to plunge right into the episode of talking with Eric Seeley about why he took the plunge. So, Eric, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us who you are, what you do, and then we'll uh, we'll jump into it. So, my name's Eric Seeley. I've uh, been in the Pensacola area since around 2000. Um, worked aviation for a little while, some construction, did some restaurant work as well. Um, and it's about two years ago now. Uh, my wife and I have made some made some sauce and decided to kind of make a run uh, with the company. Uh, right. Try and get it out and, and put it out in the world and share it with everybody. So you've been doing it for almost two years now, right? We've been making it for about two years. Um, so how old was that? When how old were you when you sold your first bottle? So we didn't technically sell it from all the paperwork that we had to go through and and being compliant as an acidified food product. We actually got legit to sell 
June of last year. So almost one full year that we've been uh, selling the product in stores. Okay. And how old were you? 38. 38. I was trying to do that math's a little hard. <laughs> yeah, math, that math one is year. hard. Yeah, no, <laughs> math is hard. I get it sometimes you're like, wait, I tell, you're people ask, born? Yeah, people <laughs> ask me like, hey, how old are you? I'm like 34. 34. I'm 34. Yeah, I'll be 35 in October. Yeah, like yeah. it takes a second. I'm with you. After I got over 30, I kind of quit keeping up with it. So, so 38, which isn't old by any stretch of the imagination, but some might consider it a little late to the game for starting a, a new business, company, yeah. right? But I mean, I've heard of, of authors that didn't get published until they were in their 80s and artists that didn't start drawing and painting until they were in their 80s. So 38 is pretty young. What made you and Sarah decide hot sauce? Like, what, I mean, is that something you guys have always enjoyed together? Is that something that you accidentally created? A little bit of both. Um, our kids um, always had 10 to 15 different hot sauces in the house. Uh, I've always made always made my own barbecue sauce and always try and make as much as we can from scratch when we cook. And uh, with our pandemic garden a couple of years ago, we ended up with way too many cayenne plants. Okay. So uh, number one thing to do with it was let's make a run at making a hot sauce. Well, it became the, uh, the only sauce that the kids would drink or only sauce the kids would eat. You know it's good when kids are drinking it. Hey, I mean, that's got some flavor there. My buddy Andy will turn it up. Yeah, occasionally, good but, uh, for him. So, but it just kind of turned. It just just morphed into it from you know the kids to friends to everybody trying it, and um, that just kind of had the wild idea. And uh, Sarah didn't stop me. She was supportive with it. It's so. always easier when you have a support of a supportive spouse, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, it's hard when you got a spouse at home. It's like, why are you doing this? Why are you wasting your time? You're you're never going to go anywhere. I mean, that just motivates everybody. So to have a supportive spouse at home. So Sarah, if you listen to this episode, congratulations. Way to be a supportive spouse and and really push him. And you know this uh this is something that started off small and. Mm-hmm is steadily gaining traction, right? I mean, you guys started off just with friends and family and then you were doing the, the Palafox market and you guys are in some brick and mortar now, right? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I meant to count before to get the total number, but it's 25 to 30 locations that carry our sauce now. 25 wow. to 30 brick yeah. and mortar locations that carry us. Awesome. I mean, that's really cool. Like yeah. something that you started off as enjoying for yourself and enjoying as a hobby. You've, you've, been able to take and and turn into a business now i'm a big shark tank fan so I'd- i was getting very quick because i was like before you just change into that point like we know from shark tank how hard it is to get into brick and mortar so you know people might hear that you're in 35 stores and really not think that that's a big deal but i mean that's impressive yeah it, it is hard to get that that shelf space and you know, we may not be talking about the Walmarts and the Targets of the world yet. That may be down the road. But, I mean, we're talking about, I think you guys are in the meat, uh, the butcher shop, the butcher shop yeah. there on Langley, right? Or Butcher shop, Apple Market, and I'll forget a few of them or won't be able sure, to list them all. Sure, sure. I mean, you got them all the way, what, to yeah. Destin, Panama City? Destin, Panama City, Port St. Joe, and yeah. then back over to Biloxi as well. Yeah, So, and I've hung out with, with you in Biloxi. We got to go see oh, the yeah. Chris Stapleton concert. We weren't there together, but we, we met up, had a had a drink there, and, mm-hmm. and enjoyed some time. So, you know, it's, it's really cool when you can go from, I mean, that's literally a three- to five-hour drive, like, 
Yeah. You know, Biloxi's two hours to the west, and then Panama City, Port St. Joe's, two and a half, three hours to the to the east. So, I mean, you've got the whole Gulf Coast there that you've got. You can walk into certain stores and see your product there. And when we talk about these stores, some of you, if you're local, you know the Apple Market, you know the butcher shop. Yeah. And But these are like specialty shops. These aren't right. – this isn't like walking into a Dollar General and you ho- – like. I mean, you can watch, walk into the butcher shop and get veal. You can get bison. You can get, I mean, high-quality meats. These these aren't meats that you're like, oh, I hope this is like you, – you're walking in there for something intentional, mm. and it's going to be delicious. And the fact that they recognize that your hot sauce is so flavorful that it can add to their product is – it's really cool, right? Like, Right. And that's – you know, the Pensacola area has been great because there's such a – Huge support for anything local here. Um, And that's where most of the places that we started with, being the butcher shop and the farm up on Mobile Highway, they are local people who support other local entrepreneurs and uh, people looking to get, you know, kind of make their mark on stuff. Now, are you in the grocery store on Garden there? The. um, How about Everman? Everman's? Not yet. Okay. We'll We'll get there. We won't talk about that one. No, yeah. no. All right. Well, we'll get there. We'll talk about they're, they're, uh, they're, they're good people. We're working back at it again. We're circling back around to them. Okay. So I, I understand because they are a little bigger. So I think it was more or less a didn't know the market for a craft hot sauce at yeah. the, the price point that it has to sell at for everybody sure. to be happy. And they were, you know, understandably hesitant about it. But now you can they, go get Cholula for cheap, right? I oh, mean, yeah. And I won't badmouth Cholula because I you will not because Owen has to have mic. it. Have you have you had any of the Sealy sauce? Yeah. Uh, so actually, I've seen him at several festivals. Um, like he was at the Yeti Festival and he had it was like a blue mango. The blue blueberry mango, blue mango. Yeah, mango. it's a blueberry oh, mango. Yeah. And it's so that's delicious. Mar- that's Mara's favorite. So yeah. my niece loves that one. Her, Matt, you gave Matt and I some. So Matt was at the Chris Stapleton concert with us. And yeah. and so you gave us a, a couple of bottles of each and. Mara loves that. that and that one's habanero. great because like for people who aren't hot sauce people, that one's even though it says habanero, it's it's a pretty mild sauce. Like it's pleasant. So I've had lunch with you a couple it feels like dozen times now. It hasn't it hasn't quite been that many, but you know, we've we've talked from everything from the process to packaging to permitting, the, all the applications you had to go through. I mean, it was a process, right? I mean, it wasn't something that was just done overnight. This took intentionality. It took time. You've got a wife and kids and another full-time job. What about hot sauce? Like what, what about having your own company said, you know what, this is worth doing. I'm going to spend time, you know, trying to make this happen. So I've been lucky throughout my career, whether it be the aviation or anything else. I've worked for a few good larger corporations and I've worked for some very successful small businesses and the people that I've been, that I've mentored under along my way um, just kind of instilled that drive in me that it's, you know, good to go after and, and, and do for yourself and uh, just wanted to kind of try and make a run at it and, knew that we had a we had a product here and it's something that I've always loved doing. Cooking's one of my first loves. So being able to make something that 
people will love, people enjoy that we could call our own. Yeah. Was uh, kind of the driving force behind going after it. So what's the, what's your favorite time to, to make the hot sauce? Well, if we're, uh, I'm making test batches, new, working on new, uh, new flavors in the kitchen, it might be nine, 10 o'clock at night after a few old fashions. And then uh, what about in the commercial kitchen? Commercial kitchen, I am going uh, early on a early morning, first thing in the morning, because it is, it's a full day process. Yeah. It's a full day of work. You know, I'm there for seven, eight hours. So I'm, I'm going and getting up like a normal job at seven, eight in the morning and there to about three or four o'clock in the afternoon going through the whole process. So he told me specifically he loves it during football season because he takes his laptop and he sets it up and he can stream the games while he's making hot sauce. That is, we were kind of, when we first jumped in and we're cooking at at the Pensacola Cook's Kitchen, Sunday was the only full day we really had available. And uh, both me and Sarah are avid football fans. So uh, even sometimes we would have two laptops up there. One, I'm, I'm a Panthers fan. She's a Bears fan. So we'd have a laptop streaming both games. <laughs> Speaking of Bears fans, shout out to Scott Ramsey. If you listen to the to the episode, you know, he's a big Bears fan. And there aren't many of those left because, golly, they're, they are as bad as the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think. So, <laughs> and that's who I root for. So. So we've talked about the process. We've talked about, you know, why you started it. Let's talk about your your vision. Where you know, because we we've done several podcasts on vision casting, and you and I have had some meetings on where you know goals and goal setting, and where do you see this in five or ten years? What's what's the goal? What's the what's the plan? So I think the you know as we've talked about, we've been slow and steady because we do have good daytime jobs that you know allow us to go after this you know dream for what it is and uh think staying slow and steady the five-year goal would be to have our own brick and mortar not rely on a commercial kitchen um and have it to where we can ramp up our production to be able to take care of uh hopefully a high demand (laughs) very high demand in the in five years awesome uh, that would also include in that five years potentially being in a few more or going after some bigger box stores. Uh, I think we'd still go specialty like a fresh market or like a Whole Foods. Whole Foods. That's yeah. what I was trying to think of. Something yep. like that is where our product would really, you know, fit in. Absolutely. So, and then uh, the 10 years from now would be, you know, we get. Uh, so much help from the family from uh, we've we've planted plants. My brother lives up north in Shemuckland, has tons of land. So we've planted a bunch of plants ourselves so we could try and not have to rely on suppliers for those. But just getting it to a point where we bring more in, where family and friends that have wanted to be part of the business can kind of bring them in um, and uh, let them actually be able to make a little bit of money from it, too. Yeah, that's awesome. It is. So. As as you're into this now, almost two years, what would you say was the most surprising challenge that you've faced? Uh, the amount of regulations that we had to go through. So um, luckily with my aviation career, you know, there's a lot of regulations that come in aviation. Board, yeah. <laughs> so I was, I was somewhat used to that. So the biggest challenge was everything we didn't know that had to be done that we've found out along the way. Yeah. So um just from 
the different entities that we had to be certified under to processes, forms, the amount of forms that we had to have filled out, the amount of, you know, boxes yeah. that we had to have checked off. That's one thing I think I, I can completely understand with you is I'm so we bought this business back in 2015, the commercial janitorial business. And it was as pretty much as simple as finding a lender, signing documents, having a LLC filed under the state of Florida. And we went after it. Like we had to have some insurance and stuff like that. General liability, workers comp, stuff like that. that every business has to have when you have employees and for me, this new gig of Scooter's Coffee, I mean, it's, geez, building buildings and getting permits and having to have your own Florida tax. Because our, our franchise or for our cleaning company does all of our billing for us. So we don't have to have our own tax, you know, certification sure. with them. Um, but for Scooter's, we do our own billing and stuff. So we have to do pay our own taxes and having to have different, you know, permits from ECUA and the county and the city and now FDOT because we're on a federal, you know, or a state road. It's it's just so many different people get involved and you're like, it feels like everybody just wants to reach a little bit of their hand in your pocket and take a little bit of that. You know, yeah. it's like, I don't think they need to be involved. I think they just want to. Like, I'll just send you 200 bucks and leave me the heck alone, right? <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that what it feels like for you sometimes? Yeah, I'd say so. It's, uh, you know, there's a, a nickel and diamond fees that have to be done, it, whether it's a $15 fee or a, a $250 fee. Mm -hmm. You know, every every uh, flavor that we do has to be sent and tested by lab. So there's a lab fee for every single flavor that we do. And uh, just recurring permits and, and stuff like that that we're finding out, you know, just kind of. Sell learning hot sauce, right? Yeah, that's what you're thinking. Sell, you're like, yeah. sell hot sauce, guys. <laughs> so it was about five years ago. I thought about doing it with the barbecue sauce, and I called the lady at the Palafox Market, and she said, you got to have this, 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 and this. I was like, nope. Okay, thanks. See you later. Yeah, see, I'm thinking, like, is there a potential for you to ever get into barbecue sauce, or is that just so different that you're like, no, we're not doing it? I think with the uh, amount of momentum that we have from the sauces, that a, a barbecue sauce is one of the next flavors that we will come out with, and that's intentionally when we named it the Sealy sauce company it didn't it didn't I, hold you to it didn't hold me because i told sarah that i eventually i do want to do my barbecue sauce yeah because i love barbecue let me tell you i had yeah. some barbecue tuesday night over at terry's house and i love barbecue and you i mean the sweet baby raises is, is good right but when you get somebody that knows what the heck they're doing in the kitchen and can make you a homemade mm -hmm. you know well i i've i've I value a lot of different types of barbecue sauce. You know, some people are, they find their style and, mm -hmm. and that's it. But like, I can enjoy anything from like a sticky fingers, which is a sweeter, more molasses-y to the Memphis style. That's more of a mustard to the more Texas style. It's a little more vinegary, you know, what about the what is it Nashville hot? Is it Nashville? Is that the spicy so that's not really, one? That's not really. Is that a, just fake? No, that's a like a dish. That's Nashville like hot a buffalo, like a spin on a buffalo style. Yeah, I would think it's not really barbecue. I mean, I've seen Nashville barbecue though. That's spicy. Mm -hmm. Nashville hot chicken is delicious. Is it? Yeah. Oh yeah. See, I'm not a big spice guy. That's why I'm like I'm, I'm <laughs> anticipating this. You've barbecue. probably never eaten it. <laughs> I've tried it. I have yeah, tried it because I, I'm a friend and I want to support the product. And I I do find that that people that enjoy that, like, and because it's hard for me to say, Oh yeah, I recommend it. Cause I'm not a fan of, of hot sauce. It did have a good flavor, but 
I mean, I was chugging a gallon of water afterwards. Not that it's that spicy. I'm just a little girl. I will admit that. Like, you now put I have too to much, tell the story. You put too much pepper on something, and I am done. We went to a place one time, and he ordered some wings, and he got uh, Asian teriyaki, and I think I got the regular buffalo or something. They come out, and we're eating them, and he's like, "Man, these things like I don't know if they got some of your sauce in mine or what." And I was like, "Well, what do you mean?" He's like, "It's hot." Like I've already downed my alcoholic drink. I've downed my water. He's only one wing. She's she's refilling the water, and I'm. This is so hot. And he was like, "Hey, (laughs) you didn't bring me like hot wings, did you?" And she's like, "It's Asian teriyaki, right?" And he was like, "Yeah." And he goes back to the kitchen, and the guy from the kitchen comes out, and he's like, "Oh no, those are are kicking Asian teriyaki." Some Asian Jason was like, yeah, they are. Yeah, they're kicking on. I mean, I was dying. I don't know. He had sweat beating <laughs> up, running down his face. So true. But, but you know, it's it's funny because so I have, uh, you guys can't see us, but in the podcast room, I have Eric to my left and Owen to my right. And Eric is a craft guy with his, when you talk about barbecue sauce, right? You're making it home from scratch. When you're talking about your hot sauce. You're talking about craft hot sauce. Well, then I got Owen to my right, who is undoubtedly the biggest beer snob I know. Right. So 100%. you, yeah, I mean, you, there's good beers out there that people like now nah, I'm not a beer fan either. So I don't like either of your craft products, but I, I love both of you and I'll support you till the day I die. But you know, I, he, he likes Guinness. He'll drink Yingling. He doesn't love it, but it, it will do at a party. If that's what's there or on a golf course at a tournament, yeah. Yeah. Right. He will not drink Bud Light. He will not drink Mick Ultra. He will not drink Coors Light. Coors Light. Any Bud of those. Lizer. Yeah. Keystone. Any of that cheap stuff. Corona. He ain't drinking. Right. Mm-hmm. And and it's so funny because he he want he would much rather pay extra for that craft beer that gives him the flavor he wants. And I think that's what you're finding. Right. Like there's been the Tabascos, the Louisiana hot sauces, the Cholulas that have all been fairly affordable. You know, right. this your product is a little more expensive than those. But it's also fresher. It's also craft. And so it has, I mean, it's not like you just put some ingredients in there and you're like, well, yeah, that'll work. Right. Like this was intentionally blended the flavor that you have. It is. And it, I think we went through 18 or 19 different recipes on the first one. I think wow. the, uh, the third sauce, the third sauce that we made at the house when we first started making was like it. But that was one that we didn't write down the recipe. So it was like chasing oh, just isn't that, chasing the worst? that one. And uh, we learned that as we go along, you know, I'd only change a little bit here, change there. Wouldn't go so and now change you write it down things. every step of the way? Absolutely. <laughs> Everything is logged three ways. I don't blame you there, so, man. That is the worst. But, um, you know, that's the thing that we want to focus on is we're going to use fresh ingredients. You know, we, we try and pull from our garden or local produce suppliers um, as much as we can before we go to cook a batch. Um, we're hand picking, you know, everything through what we get. If there's something that doesn't look right, or just, you know, it gets tossed to the side. It doesn't go in. Yeah. And um, so what you're saying is you don't have a threshold for the number of grubs or worms or bugs that can be allowed in there. No, it's, you know, <laughs> which that's funny. Like people don't realize part of the FDA and, and the department of agriculture, when you're talking about, commercially made ketchup or any of that, like there's an allowance for the number of bugs that can go into the product. Ours is zero. (laughs) 
Yeah. No bugs. No bugs. So, out, so some of the people out there may not yeah. ever eat Heinz anymore, but you know, right. they're willing to buy your hot sauce now. <laughs> it is. And that's where, you know, that's where we get the craft side of it. Um, and you know, what's been really neat lately is as we've done it almost a year selling, we go out to Palafox market. Now uh, we have regulars that are starting to come up and people that just walk up, they want to buy and hear people walking by say, well, yo, Oh, there they are. There are those people. They got, you know, that's the best hot sauce we've had and kind of seeing that brand recognition or people that have seen it at Apple market or people seeing that bodacious and they see us, you know, we do the, the market once a month generally just for people to get to try it because we want them to go to those retail locations. Yeah. Um, but getting the brand recognition and people that are starting to follow and know where we're at has been uh, very cool. I think one of the last episodes I listened to you from you guys was talking about getting in a rut. Yeah. You know, every once in a while I start feeling like I'm in that rut, but then when people come out and try it and see their faces or hearing the comments or stuff like that kind of pulls me back into, yeah. you know, why I'm doing what I'm doing. Why you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so as we're wrapping up this episode, what what's the easiest way to find the Sealy Sauce? So you can uh, follow us on our Facebook page or the the Instagram. It's it's Sealy Sauce Co. Um, or at Sealy Sauce Co. However, however they do this. Um, but we keep try keep an accurate, up to date list at the top of our page of all the locations that currently carry the sauce. Perfect. Uh, including there's some that you can go to uh, just try the sauce. And then we have some where you can try it or buy it or some that just sell it straight out. All right. So is there any online like Amazon order ability? So uh, ordering through, you can just send us a message right now. We have our, uh, our website that has been in works uh, trying to fit, finish that up. Once that get finished, it finishes up. I say that right. Once yeah, that once, is, once that is finished up, you will be able to order straight through the website. But perfect, we can process orders uh, through Messenger. Okay, okay. And so awesome. So you can reach out to them online at Sealy Sauce Co. on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, their website will be done soon. Come out to the Palafox Market. When's the next date you're out there? Do you know? I think it's June fourteenth. June fourteenth at the Palafox Market. If you haven't been down there, I recommend you go. It's a cool experience. Um, you get to meet a ton of cool vendors, um, like the Sealy Sauce Company. Like the Sealy Sauce Company, you can go down there and sample it in Absolutely. person and get that list of of places where you can go buy it. And and I'm telling you, if you love hot sauce, if you love to to spice up your food a little bit, you will not be disappointed. Eric puts a lot of time and passion, and him and Sarah have created a quality product. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you guys. Glad to have you, Olin. As always, it's a pleasure, sir. And we'll catch you guys next time. Put a couple of drops of the Sealy sauce in our hot or uh, drink. The blue mango. You ruined it. I was trying you to get it in. You ruined our exit. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> we'll catch you guys next time on Old Fashioned Working Whiskey. Thanks so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Eric Sealy Sauce Company, Blue Habanero Mango.